0: is the movie hall of fame class of 1984 for friday july 5th 2019 mm. we come together on this holiday hangover <laughs> a holiday hangover what are you talking about
1: well it's the day after fourth of july it's a friday morning and we're grinding this out because you say all of our listeners are going to be hung over even though we're, we're not going to release this right away
0: no we are we're it's coming out we uh we are giving the good people the audio content they so desire that's good because they got so hammered and a few of them might have lost their thumbs the night before how would they lose their thumbs the night before what like blowing up fireworks in their hands or something one of them might have pulled the jason pierre paul you never know what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) what did you do i sat at home watched mad men (laughs) As I, as I annoyingly listened
1: to the sound of fireworks in the distance. Yeah, you're the least patriotic human being I've ever met. Like, that sentence right there kind of says it all, doesn't it? I did fucking nothing yesterday. <laughs> and it was glorious. And I did fucking everything yesterday, and it was just as glorious. Yeah. If not, I would think more glorious, actually. <laughs> I get
0: the sense that a lot of people would have been bothered by how I spent Fourth of July, you know, like... They wanted to have plans, and they didn't have plans. I'm
1: going to go tell Abby about this afterwards, and she's just going to shake her head in, in, in frustration. I'm sure
0: you. a lot of people so. would have like felt that sense of FOMO or whatever. Not an ounce of that with me. I woke up yesterday. I said, I'm doing nothing on this holiday. Jesus. I'm staying in my pajamas until 6 p.m. I'm not watching a single
1: firecracker in the sky. <laughs> is glorious. I can't do that. Like I don't know what it is about 4th of July, but I do not like doing nothing on this holiday specifically. I love doing nothing on like Christmas or like New Year's or something, like New Year's Day. Right. Obviously, but like uh like like something about 4th of July just screams like go out and have fun. In a good way, not like a like a fucking annoying idiot kind of way. To me it screams crowds at the beach,
0: smelly picnics, and stupidity. That's I, what it that's what it feels like to me. I like all that. I I have no problem avoiding all three of those things. You know what I did? I sat at home, got up at noon, rolled out of bed, watched the hot dog eating contest. Joey Chestnut takes home another crown, takes home another... uh, It's like watching Mustard
1: Belt. Jesus. It's like watching women's UConn basketball. How dare you? Uh, (laughs)
0: Watch that till one o'clock. Watch a little competitive cornhole afterwards. You're Jesus. This is the lamest shit. <laughs> then settled in binge watch Mad Men. You were such a fag. Was, don't use that term.
1: Uh, it was incredible. It was so good. Um, I went to James Taylor. Yeah, how was James Taylor? James Taylor was awesome. Yeah, fucking awesome. I loved it. How old is James Taylor? 72. I think really yeah something like that because I feel like he's been 85 for the last 30 years (laughs) he sounds exactly the same yeah like has not aged at all in that and with his voice at least right not at all he was so great really yeah so aware of what he was doing too it was there's a point in the in the set where he picks up the set list and he's like I think I got like five more and he's just like let me show you guys my routine yeah (laughs) like like breaking that whole facade
0: Billy Joel does the same thing Yeah, it was great Billy Joel at his Madison Square Garden show will just be like all right, so uh, you guys want to hear Piano Man or Uptown Girl? <laughs> Let's do a vote. And then they'll, they'll just go, Piano Man, woo! Uptown Girl, woo! All right, I guess we'll just do both of them. Yeah. And it'll, it's sort of, I love that sort of performer, though. Mm-hmm. You know? It, because so many of like these aging rock stars take themselves seriously. Too seriously. And it's like, dude, <clears throat> you're in your 70s. Mm-hmm. Just like let loose, have fun. I know. But that's cool, though.
1: Yeah, this was a fantastic show. It's One of the better shows I think I've ever seen. And it was just great being there. Like, we all had a, a wonderful, wonderful time. It was just very hot. That's the only problem with it. It was, like, way too hot. But I honestly didn't mind how many goddamn people were there. Yeah. So many people. Yeah. Like <laughs> like 15,000. It was crazy. No kidding. Te- like, packed into this small space. But we kind of managed. It was just nice. Yeah, because yeah, that space didn't look that big on your Snapchat video. No, 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 no. It was, yeah, it's... Like I said, it's just, uh, like, honestly, Xfinity feels bigger in that way.
0: Really? Yeah. No
1: kidding. Um, cool.
0: I'm glad you had a good time. I had a great time. And I had a great time, too. That's good. I'm happy for you. Everyone should know. <laughs> you had a great time doing I nothing. I spent the 4th of July exactly how I wanted to spend it. And there's nothing more American than that. Self-determination. I agree. Hope did so. you watch any
1: of these movies for the 4th of July? I did. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I watched two of them last night. Whoa, no. Oh, Nico. No, no, no. (laughs) We'll talk about it. Oh, boy. We'll talk
0: about it. You (sighs) You stupid fuck. Here are your nominees for the year 1984 induction into the Movie Hall of Fame. We have This is Spinal Tap. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Amadeus, Paris, Texas, The Terminator, and Repo Man.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, should I, should I get to this? No, I'm gonna.
1: What are you doing? What you yeah, We'll talk about it later. All right, all right. Okay. This is another weird year. I think it's funny, like how close, eight, like with uh, the '85 and '84 are with their strangeness. Yeah Like equally just weird movie years
0: I would say this is a way stronger
1: year though I think it's closer than you think Really? (laughs) Yeah Okay Well We'll talk about
0: it Highest grossing movies of 1984 We have Number one Beverly Hills Cop Really? Two Ghostbusters Three Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom Four Gremlins And five the karate
1: kid (laughs) none of those movies nominated no one in particular ghostbusters Uh uh-oh sorry people we didn't do it
0: we didn't do it yeah should we address this controversy now yes i suppose we
1: should okay i hate ghostbusters (laughs) and i love ghostbusters all right so
0: (laughs) this was your responsibility you knew this going into the draft
1: i was not going to nominate it and you chose not to anyway the problem is uh, I let my my love for other films <laughs> get the better of me. And even though that movie should probably be on the list before maybe like the, A Nightmare on Elm Street, for example, uh, it doesn't change the fact that, yeah, though, like my love for that film is just far greater than my feelings towards Ghostbusters, even though Ghostbusters is more important.
0: Right. You didn't feel a responsibility as the host of this podcast to nominate the most iconic movie. No. Because I think the consensus would, if we like <clears throat> pulled Twitter tomorrow, which we may do, uh, I'm pretty sure Ghostbusters would be the most popular. Like
1: wipe the floor. Yeah. And for good reason, in my opinion. However, uh, yeah, no. It's, I think it's just because you don't love the, If you if you liked this movie, it probably would have gotten nominated. No, you could have still nominated
0: it and we could have debated it <laughs> nah. for sure, but I would not have put it in. No, I wouldn't have.
1: It's our I would here's the things that I would argue it is the 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 one that should get inducted <laughs> It's that and one other film that we will probably discuss spoiler well, alert You could have you could have put it on the, the, the list dude. I th- Well, here's the issues is that that one other film is like, like if you don't put that one in I'm gonna kill you Oh, wow. Yes, you're going to die by <laughs> my hands if you don't put this one film in <laughs> So the fact that we nominated that one other film made me feel better. So I think we're okay Okay and not change the fact that I I think you're wrong about Ghostbusters and you think I'm wrong about Ghostbusters. I so, just so. came to a revelation. Yeah. I saw Ghostbusters at a re-release. I
0: think like it was a Labor Day weekend re-release, thirtieth mm-hmm. anniversary or something. And I took my <sighs> sister to see it. She'd never seen Ghostbusters. We went to the theater and I'm like, this is gonna be fucking awesome seeing Ghostbusters on the big screen. And I watched it and my sister was bored out of her mind and I was like. Oh, wait a minute. This ain't how I remember it. <laughs> it's so slow. Oh man. It lacks like a like distinct style or voice. Just like on a comedic level, it's not like that alive of a movie. It's actually kind of dry and plain. Okay. The performances are what they are. Like Bill Murray is really good in it, and I think that we give the movie too Ugh. much credit because Bill Murray is so good in it. But everyone else is just sort of plain.
1: Harold Ramis is awesome in Yeah, that Harold movie. Ramis is funny. He guess. is the funniest thing about that movie, and I laugh every time he's on screen. I
0: prefer Bill Murray's performance.
1: No. <laughs> no, this is where I will, like, fundamentally disagree. I think, like, most Ghostbusters fans might actually disagree with you on this one.
0: And that climax, although iconic with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Not that great. It's not that great. Yeah. It's just not that great. Crossing the streams, who cares?
1: Although I do like the line, I'm terrified beyond the capacity of rational thought. <laughs> that line's just funny. To me. Again, it's Egon. Egon is the fucking best. Uh, no, I think that I completely disagree with everything you said aside from the climax being a little anticlimactic. I just don't know if it works as an action movie or as a comedy. I think it works as a comedy. I, th- I watch this movie all the time.
0: So it's an action comedy and it's like not that great. All right. Whatever. Whatever you say. Sorry, guys. The um, Academy Awards. Mm. Amadeus t- <laughs> sweeps most of the main categories except for Best Actress that goes to Sally Field in Places of the Heart. Didn't well, win Best Actor though. It did. No best.
1: That,
0: Echo relax. Hit that little button on Echo. That uh you yeah, got that one right there. Oh, now you're breaking things. The 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 microphone button, dude. Thank you. Okay. Uh <laughs> t- Yes, F. Murray Abraham wins Best Actor. Milos Forman wins Best Director, uh, and uh, the movie wins Best Picture and Best Screenplay. When
1: the actor who played uh,
0: Mozart wasn't he nominated? He did not win. He did not win. He was nominated also in the Best Actor category. Okay, though, yeah. so he lost to F. Murray. That's so funny. Hang S. Nor wins Best Supporting Actor for *The Killing Fields*. Peggy Ashcroft wins Best Supporting Actress for *A Passage*. To India. One more notable thing about the uh, the '84 Oscars. Mm-hmm. One of the best original song lists I've ever seen. Really, it is such a stacked year. What is it? So you got uh, "Against All Odds" <laughs> by Phil Collins for the movie "Against All Odds." "Footloose" from "Footloose." <laughs> okay. Let's hear it for the boy from "Footloose." "Ghostbusters" <laughs> from "Ghostbusters." And the winner I just called I Say I Love You to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. Wow. From The Woman in Red. Wow. And strangely enough, not a single song from Purple Rain gets nominated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too bad. That's what you get for not liking Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, but like, okay. I, I, again, I don't understand this. There were
0: two categories. I guess the Oscars used to do this. Best Original Score and Best Original Song Score. So best original, I don't know what the difference okay. is. Best original score goes to A Passage to India. Best original song score goes to Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. So they give Prince the Oscar, saying you had the best songs in your movie. What? But you didn't have the best original song in your movie. Single song in your movie. So the semantics here confuse me. There must have been some sort of loophole. In well. <coughs> Hold because on. you cannot tell me that Purple Rain is not the best movie song of the year.
1: Did he? Well, he did. He write it for Purple Rain, the movie. Because original does not mean like, oh, that was original. You know, it just means like what you came up with that wasn't based on anything Well, the before. album and
0: the the movie came out concurrently.
1: Okay, I would need to look into see like, uh, like whether or not he wrote the music for the movie specifically. Yeah,
0: but the album won best original song score, though. So that implies that
1: that album was written for the movie see the criteria on this like confuses me because i've seen stuff like this before and then you read into it and it's like oh actually it was just an album that was used it's like it's like the mtv movie award through that right that level of stupid <laughs> yeah <you know? laughs> i don't know if, I mean, if there must have been a loop because you can't tell me that like like what is the original song score though
0: like i, I don't, don't know i've <laughs> never heard that term before <laughs> okay. i don't know all right whatever. there you go i should just say good year for movie yes. songs at least they acknowledged it yeah okay Honorable Mentions. This is when we get into some controversy. We did not nominate. Splash. Oh, yeah. No. Police Academy. 16 Candles. The Natural. Redford. Uh, I kind of like that movie, actually. Okay. I like it. I acknowledge that it's kind of stupid, but I really like it. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Third best Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> Ghostbusters, as I said. Gremlins. Another iconic movie. Didn't need to get nominated, though. I agree with you top
1: secret top secret oh my god you need to see this fucking movie you need to see this movie it's so good i'll i'll get to it (laughs) the muppets take manhattan okay
0: never ending story Oh, oh, that movie scares the shit out of me. Really? (laughs)
1: Yeah. I heard that from people. That scene with the horse going into the quick... Oh, my God. It's the worst thing ever.
0: It, like, scares you as a child, though, No, it's scary.
1: I've seen it now, and I'm like, Jesus, (laughs) that's fucked up. Fuck this movie. (laughs) Revenge of the Nerds. Okay. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, as I mentioned. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, it's... I recall it being, like, far more serious than people give it credit for. It's a drama. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was nominated for Best Screenplay, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Who directed it?
0: Oh man, that's a great question.
1: I know John Landis directed the third one.
0: Shoot. I don't remember. Eddie Murphy's really good in it. Yes. He's really good. And that was one of like the Eddie Murphy star making um performances. I think Beverly Hills Cop and Forty Eight Hours both mm-hmm. came out. No, I'm not I'm sorry, not 48 hours. Shoot, another Eddie Murphy movie came out in 84.
1: I always confuse scenes from Beverly Hills Cop and 48 Hours, like, frequently. Yeah. (laughs) Because they just feel so similar in my head. I love them both, though. Martin Brest.
0: Okay. Director of Scent of a Woman (laughs) and one of our favorite movies of all time, Geely. Too bad. (laughs) You got Broadway Danny Rose, a really good Woody Allen movie. I have not seen it. Oh,
1: it's really good. Yeah any other year it would have got on i feel like on this podcast we've come across more woody allen films that i've seen that you haven't seen yeah yet. like we bring, we talk about this constantly right. and i'm always like have you seen this one you're like what the fuck no yeah and i'm like yeah no." i haven't seen Zelig,
0: and i haven't seen um what's the other one that you always bring up The uh, purple rose of
1: Cairo is a great one
0: yeah oh man broadway danny rose though is really good it's one of my favorite woody movies okay Purple rain, as we just mentioned. Yes, you almost put it on. I told you, don't worry about it. Because again, I am worried about the health of this podcast. <laughs> and this is where we get into some controversy. Adam, the Karate Kid should be nominated. The Karate Kid should be here. <laughs> don't pfft me. What are you, a horse?
1: No. Don't pfft me. Uh, I don't think it should. <laughs> Maybe this is my Ghostbusters, because, yeah, I don't love this movie. You don't love The Karate Kid? No. Who are you? I like it. Dude, I
0: think The Karate Kid was my most rented blockbuster what? movie.
1: <laughs> Why? I rented
0: it every other week.
1: No, like, it's a good movie and everything. Like, it's it doesn't deserve any, like, flack or anything. But it's But, I mean... Yeah, I don't think it's better than any of these movies. <laughs> I don't think it's better than a single one of these movies. <laughs> Hold my beer. By, like, a mile. We're gonna talk about it. Like, I don't know if it's... By a mile! Yeah, I don't think it's worth discussion. The Karate Kid is not worth discussion? It's certain... I mean, we didn't nominate Ghostbusters. Let's also, for like, remember that. Karate Kid is a far better movie okay. than Ghostbusters. Okay. Far <laughs> better movie. Let's move on now. <laughs>
0: All right, I have one thing to say before we get going. Yes. Adam, I want to let you know. I deeply respect your opinion of cinema. (laughs) I do. I do. I do a movie podcast with you. How long have we been doing this? God, uh, like this specific podcast? Over two years, right? Maybe three years at this point? With movie hopping? Yeah. We've been doing this (sighs) a long time. Yeah. I think Alien Covenant. When did that come out? Two years ago? 2017. Okay, yeah. It's been over two years. I deeply respect your opinion on cinema. Many times you bring things up to me like ideas about movies, different perspectives on filmmaking and like I become illuminated and I appreciate your contributions to this program. Okay. But when are you going to stop nominating shitty movies? When are you going to stop doing this to me? I nominate like
1: better movies. When are you going to pull your weight on this damn podcast? If, if there is there is no list for 1984 that doesn't include, I think, all of the movies that we nominate.
0: I am <laughs> trying so hard. I'm trying so hard to nominate good shit. Yeah. And you just keep nominating garbage. No. Why? Are you saying- Why do you insist on doing this to me? Are you saying my nominees are garbage? You're a loser. Okay, here's the problem. <laughs> Here's the problem. What? It's the same type of garbage. Oh, my God. Every single year. It's like it's become painfully predictable at this point. It, it's so predictable which pieces of shit you're going to not... If it was like a diverse group of shit, okay. then I could maybe appreciate it some more. You wouldn't watch the diverse group of shit. It's like, oh, Adam is actually like, you know... Is trying to introduce me to a type of movie that I've never seen before. And I would appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But every week you subject me to the exact same
1: (laughs) movie. And I hate them every time. And you keep doing them. The problem here is you. It's not. Yes, it is. Because these are great movies. But you didn't grow up on these kinds of things. You're not used to these kinds of films. Which is maybe why I keep nominating them. Because these are very special films. To a lot of people. And you're just like, no, it's because of the content. It's not for me. It's not the content. It's the style as well. I think it is. (laughs) I guess we'll get to them. Let's start on a
0: positive note, shall we? Okay. This is Spinal Tap. Yeah. That's one that I nominated. It is.
1: I love this movie.
0: It was your backup nominee, as a matter of fact. You were not going to put it on. Not at first. Which just, again, illuminates how terrible you are at nominating movies for this <laughs> podcast. You are so bad at this. Whatever. Directed by Rob Reiner, written by Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, Harry Shear, and Rob Reiner. Spinal Tap, one of England's loudest bands, is chronicled by film director Marty DeBergey on what proves to be a fateful tour. It, Ooh. of course, stars some of those very names that I just listed. Rob Reiner, Michael McKean, Christopher Guest, and others cameos by like billy crystal fred willard shows up yeah it's a real who's who of a comedy it is i believe correct me if i'm wrong film historian the movie
1: that popularized the mockumentary genre yep pretty much it's like the the it's like the mockumentary essentially yeah yeah it's an interesting one to start on and it's absolutely hilarious it's just one of the great comedies of all time. Isn't Every, it? Like everything about it, and it just and it does help that it, uh, it's in the mockumentary format. It makes it so much funnier. Yeah, it does. These
0: characters, they're the sense of humor. So none of them are actually British, right? They're all American. no. <laughs> I don't think any of them are. But they're doing this weird parody of the Beatles and Zeppelin and the Stones and all of those British invasion bands. But it follows them not in their prime, but in their, like, farewell tour, essentially. Yeah. Or their, like, greatest hits tour. And how sad and pathetic a rock star's life can be after rock and roll has passed them by. Yeah. And that stuff is just hilarious. And I do love the sort of caricatures of british people the mannerisms how they talk how they interact with each other they just nail all of those
1: performances oh my god like the guy who plays uh uh, the 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 guy in uh uh, better call saul michael McKean. oh my god chuck Chuck in better Call saul he's so awesome in this movie everyone's awesome in this movie it's hard to really point out like a weak like even rob reiner's really good for what he for what he's supposed to be doing yeah yeah And it's just it just kind of fits nicely into the into the whole. I remember like thinking like this was based on another band or something, but it's just not. It's just like, fuck it. We're just going to make this silly idea for a movie and just go with it. Well, it's kind of based on another band, but it's more based on the idea of
0: those bands. No, it's like
1: more those bands as a whole. Not like one specific band. Yeah. Shitty like. I mean, there's a
0: lot of Beatles in it and the logo for Spinal Tap is directly Zeppelin related. Oh, yeah. You know, number twenty nine on AFI's 100 years, 100 laughs list. Yep. They are very high on this movie, as am I. Um, I was thinking about this. Yeah. The name Spinal Tap is hysterical. <laughs> what do you mean? It's so funny. Like, this medical procedure, this, like, really
1: complicated <laughs> medical procedure spinal tap (laughs) is the name of the band it sounds great though it's not even the weirdest name i've ever heard for a band but it's no i I guess when you think about it maybe well
0: it's one of those names that it sounds like a legitimate band name but then you think about it for a second and you're like it's both a legit band name but also a commentary on rock and roll band names so it like it doubles as authentic and satire at the same time
1: Well, that's the entire movie, though. Like, like just just the set pieces with the 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 laughs and whatnot, and all the clever gags they come up with just to kind of break apart like rock logic, right? And of course, the most famous one is uh, the "Turn it up to 11 yep scene, which is great. <laughs> why not just Why not just increase the sound on the ten and make that
0: the highest number?
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, these amps here, it's a it's very special because all the numbers go to 11. Eleven. 11 11 does that that make it louder well it's one louder isn't it because what we do is uh when we want uh to put just get everyone just an extra push over the cliff you you turned up to 11 exactly one louder why don't you just make 10 a little louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder these go to 11 (laughs) one of my favorite
0: little moments is when they're in the hotel room I don't want to just exchange jokes on this, but I will. It's so funny. Let's just do it. When they're in the hotel room and the the old man messes up their reservations. <laughs> and remember, and so he calls like the manager over mm-hmm. and is like, you know, this old geezer, this like old twisted geezer. And the guy who's like in his 80s gets offended and goes, I'm exactly how God made me. <laughs> <laughs> I just think. But he says it like under his breath. And it's just such a funny, depressing moment. And then you follow that up. I think it's like a moment later. They're looking at brochures for things to do in this Mm -hmm. local town. And he goes, uh, so what's the difference between mini golf and regular golf?
1: (laughs) Oh, I think the balls are smaller. Yeah, the balls are
0: smaller. (laughs)
2: It's so uh,
1: funny who's the actor who plays the anchor in uh the simpsons does the voice oh she's the guy who has the cucumber in his pants
0: oh yeah <laughs> when they go to the metal detector
1: <laughs> oh, i just have my cucumber in my pants <laughs> it pulls out a fucking cucumber <laughs> messing with tsa oh it's so funny i love it, like what would you do if you were uh <laughs> if you weren't playing rock and roll probably work with children. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. Just hearing a rock and roll star say that.
0: And then of course you have the Stonehenge thing, which that shot is such a hilarious like visual moment. I like fell out of my chair
1: laughing. It was the f- to see <laughs> to see these <laughs> little people. <laughs> dancing around a foot high stone edge tripping over each
0: other (laughs) no but it's actually like brilliantly shot because the way reiner shoots he shoots it from below and it starts descending and it looks really massive (laughs) but then you go to the wide shot and it's just this like foot high model of essentially a diorama that is half the height of these midgets
1: <laughs> just weird, like, who like are the, dressed up as elves it like it like dips its toes into like the surreal when that happens yeah <laughs> it's so great like oh i love creative shit like that like how do you think of this whole this whole gag oh my god we're we gonna do stonehenge no we're not gonna do fucking stonehenge <laughs> <laughs> it's a
0: just <laughs> tremendous movie man It's yeah. so good And I will say In the realm of impact Very impactful You don't have The Sacha Baron Cohen movies Without this No I agree You don't have Best in show Without this Another Christopher Guest movie yeah. You don't have The office Or yeah, Parks and Rec Yeah that's true Or Arrested Development Or Trailer Park Boys or, or Modern Family Like it Had a tremendous impact On television comedy Oh cause it made That stuff viable They said oh we can Actually do this now Let's do it Yeah. Um, I know, again, there were other mockumentaries before this, but this is the movie that popularized the genre, and I would not mind whatsoever if this was the movie inducted into the Hall of Fame. Sure. I think it's excellent. Anything else you have to say about it? Nah, nah, I love this movie.
1: Love this movie. Okay.
0: A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. All
1: right. Directed by the great Wes Craven. Of course. The late, great, the late great Wes Craven.
0: Also written by Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Starring Heather Langenkamp. Langenkamp. Thank you very much. Johnny Depp in his first film role debut. Yeah. At the beginning of this movie, there's the introducing Johnny Depp title card. <laughs> and you're like, what? I know. <laughs> <laughs> that caught me off guard. Yep. And of course, Robert Englund. As Fred Krueger. Not Freddy Krueger.
1: Yeah. Fred Krueger. Yeah, they only refer to him as Fred Krueger in this for whatever reason. Yeah. Although he does say Freddy at one point. Mm. The monstrous spirit of a slain janitor
0: seeks revenge by invading the dreams of teenagers whose parents were responsible for his untimely death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I feel like I've seen this movie about 15 times. <laughs> Maybe you have. And it was all at your hand. (laughs) Every single time, it's because you made me. Oh, yeah. So I've seen this movie a lot. Now, I do not want to be guilty of criticizing the inspiration for the movies that it inspired. You know, like, I, I, and again, I don't know where this, like, ranks
1: in horror lore. It's one of the great horror films ever made.
0: Okay. I don't know what it influenced. How wide its influence was. I've seen like movies that look exactly like this, and I'm not sure if it was ripping off other movies or if other movies were ripping this off.
1: No, this is like the the kind of the granddaddy of like that fantastical horror film. Okay. Which is why it's very important.
0: All right. Uh, so I guess I should not slight the movie for its
1: very original whip-offs. for what it is, yes.
0: Yeah. Um
1: I'm just <laughs> I guess not into 80s slasher movies I don't think you are at all <laughs> I cut you a break though dude Here's the thing is that I was smart enough to nominate this And not nominate Friday the 13th Oh jeez There is There is pl- There's ac- actually a tremendous amount of merit To A Nightmare on Elm Street There is like none to <laughs> Like I will admit, And I love the Friday the 13th movies But I will at least admit like In 1980 that is simply not the best film By a long shot Yeah Like that movie is Like kind of terrible Hmm Well, thank you, then. I appreciate that. But I'm not sure you appreciated Johnny Depp getting sucked into a bed and then pureed out. I did not. Okay. Look, man.
0: (laughs) Why is it that every horror movie from the 80s has to be about how shitty teenagers are i don't oh well
1: that's because halloween was very popular
0: i know i get it and i love halloween but since halloween every single horror movie from the 80s without exception is about how hard it is being a teenager
1: and that's I what you, the 80s are about <laughs> right, what, do you, what do you think john Hughes' whole career is yeah yeah, but okay. Stop. I'm not... No, no, no. <laughs> What do you want me to say? That is the... Eight, look, when I think of 80s, the first thing that comes to mind is not even the action films. It's just the teen films that just pervade everything.
0: I just want them to be a little
1: more original and a little less... A thinner. little I've more been, original? That's all. <laughs> what are you talking... Oh, just because of the teen element? Just
0: thematically. Yeah. I just... Because again, I feel like I've seen these 15, 20 times. Mm-hmm. The exact same movie 15 to 20 times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm... I'm just sort of sick of the rhythm. I'm a little tired out of the rhythm. We we meet this group of high school kids. One is flirting with the other. There's like a weird maybe love triangle element or there's some, there's some trouble in paradise with these couples. All of a sudden, one disappears. Mysterious circumstances. The cops show up. They're not told the whole story. They're in this small town. Every single one of these towns looks exactly the same. And I'm just tired of the same formula. I'm worn
1: out by it. I think it's just because you started by seeing too many of these films in general. Like I mean, up- we do
0: a podcast that covers a film like this once every, what, two months? Yes. We do an, an exact
1: replica of, uh, of A Nightmare on Elm Street. The problem know? is, I mean, th- this film's, I mean, it's, it's horror set pieces and it's creativity and how scary it can be at times. And just like, again, how, what it says about that teen experience is just wonderful to me. I don't care. What does it say about the teen experience? I mean, it says that it's awful. <laughs> I mean, this film does have a lot to say about like, like breakups or it has a lot to say about how hard it is just to, again, get with someone before they're like taken drastically away from you or just rebelling against your parents, which was a big theme at this point in time, as we discussed in another podcast. Sure. That's, that's kind of a lot of where, um, uh, he- I keep saying Heather, but where Nancy and uh, her parents get a lot of their drama. Yeah. You know, so, so it always has a lot to say about that, but it also has a lot to say about kind of the, the trauma that goes along with you. When, you know, you try to get involved with so much of that, like with the breakups or, you know, trying to, you know, connect with your, your best friend or the guy that you like before he's like, again, just taken away. In this way, it's some horrifying fashion. Mm-hmm. But again, just to illustrate a point. The conceit, I'll admit, is kind of stupid.
0: Not necessarily the sci-fi logic. So, again, if based you have- on a true story, by the way. <laughs> That's a joke, right? Nope. Oh, God.
1: Nope. This film is this is this is based on accounts, like actual accounts that are that are proven that uh Wes Craven was reading about where people were having dream like nightmares that were so horrifying that they like their heart stopped and they died in their sleep. And it's actually a a serf- certifiable condition called uh uh <laughs> it's got a stupid ass name. It's like unexpected nocturnal death syndrome. <laughs> yep. Wow. Look it up, I swear to God. Yep. He saw- well, don't make me like he's scared to go to bed now but isn't that a great like this is another reason why this one was so freaky to me just the, the the notion that you go to sleep and you are going to die That's yes awesome. oh it's awesome right no i do i 100 percent agree with you there awesome premise yes
0: to be afraid of something so mundane as sleep and something so avoidable or mm-hmm. uh, unavoidable yeah, as sleep. exactly yes i 100 percent agree with that however the movie is not particularly scary i mean it's a horror movie
1: but i wasn't at any point like freaked out by it you weren't like creeped out by some of the imagery, at least. No, like not like Freddy's arms extending like that. Not really. Oh, I love that. No, shit. not really.
0: It, it, it was a little cartoonish to me, and maybe it's because I've I saw Freddy vs Jason many years <laughs> later, which came out many years later, and it was. Was was your idea of
1: what Freddy was tainted? Maybe. Maybe a little. Yeah, he was just sort of this campy villain, not like a legitimate horror villain. Well, he's not campy at all to me in this. He doesn't... And having seen the other Nightmare on Elm Street films, he doesn't really start to get campy until three or four. Okay. Three's actually a good movie. Three's actually written by Frank Darabont. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I would recommend seeing three. Uh, Two is... Is this your favorite one, though? Oh, God. It's not... Like, maybe New Nightmare, which is another one that Wes Craven directed later, but that's like a... Like a, a precursor to Scream, it's like very self-referential. Like the characters, the actors play themselves. Mm-hmm. Robert England plays himself, and oh. they're, they're like haunted by the the like the fame of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's cool. You would you might get a kick out of it. It's interesting. I um, really like Scream. Oh, Scream is phenomenal. Yeah. But
0: again, Scream is more of a comedy to me than it is a yeah. horror movie. Yeah, and like, I appreciate that it just goes for it as oh, a Oh yeah. Comedy. Well e-
1: even uh Wes Craven acknowledges that it's a parody. Yeah. Which is why Scary Movie confuses me, because it's a parody of a parody. So that's Right. So me. it's no longer a parody, maybe. It's just <laughs> they cancel each other out. It's gone three sixty, exactly right.
0: Yeah, I just sort of find I, again I don't find the dream logic to be like that hard to buy. It's a movie and I can get that. I just didn't buy the, oh, these parents murdered this janitor 30 years ago. Never mentioned anything to anybody. As a matter of fact, the one mother, the mother of Nancy, says to her, yeah, Freddy Krueger was this child murderer. He killed about 20 kids. You're telling me if a janitor in your town killed 20 kids 30 years ago, you wouldn't hear anything about it? It would just be an afterthought? Like, the, it would it would be like a national story. And high schooled it to you? Eh, I don't know. Wait a minute. How many
1: serial killers have murdered 20 kids in the last 100 years in this country? Let me put it to you this way. Abby had no idea who Ted Bundy was until those uh, Netflix documentaries. Okay, came well, out. that's
0: an Abby thing then. That's not, that, that, that come on, bro. So what? <laughs> if you murdered 20 <laughs> children, you wouldn't even hear about them? I could buy it. Yeah. Come on, bro.
1: 20 kids it's a janitor in a small town you know how many documentaries they'd be making about this small town in the 80s well, so you're also there's a little bit of a disconnect here by the way let's 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 think about like where we live today
0: there is no way that if 30 years ago a janitor murdered 20 i think no it was more than it was she goes at least 20 children yeah there's no way had that had happened in a small ass town with nothing else to do it would, would be an afterthought, mm. where this this girl would have heard the name Freddy Krueger for the first time in her dream. I don't buy it for a second.
1: Well, I kind of like the fact that she hears it for the first time, like like when she's of that age, because that's about the time that you would hear about stuff like that in your life. All right, weird kind of like little little trinket of coming of age, even though that's not what the movie's about. Right. I'm not saying that, mm. but it certainly plays around with those ideas every once in a while. I guess.
0: So again, the the sci fi logic. Is that in your dreams the serial killer who is dead Mm -hmm. Haunts you and and tries killing you and if he kills you in your dream you die the same way in real life
1: Yes, and
0: as a matter of fact if you like grab onto something, but when you wake up You can pull it out of the you can pull it out of the dream Yes,
1: and so they're able to pull Freddy out of the dream that way, and it's the worst part of the movie Yeah, it sucks the 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 I love almost everything about this movie that lasts like 10 minutes is just not good I agree and I, with you and I, and I watched it like recently and I'm like this movie's so good and I'm just like oh this movie's awesome 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 and then we get to that part and I'm like oh god yeah that didn't age well for me at all yeah that whole chase is, sequence it's just lame it's really stupid it feels like I mean it's like it's like the, maybe, maybe Home Alone took <laughs> notes from this <laughs> when when John Hughes was writing it he's like fuck he beat me to it
0: <laughs> and they also do this thing where they lock Nancy in her house uh, it's, which yeah. is another stupid
1: conceit it's like no yeah. parents Would ever do that yeah it's really weird I I don't I don't yeah what What they some of the choices that they come up With in this third act are just strange To me yeah I don't I wouldn't say they they All don't work but a lot of them Don't work (laughs) Uh, And the the, Oh boy and the the Final shot of them like driving away and then The mom getting pulled through the window is so funny To me (laughs) it's just like what is this So what is that supposed to be What the ending of that yeah yeah That's her dream that's the mom's dream. I think it's Nancy's dream. Even though we figure out that Nancy like like ultimately lives and so, brings, so. I thought brings all of her friends back to life. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, that was the idea, but that's probably not what really happened. The movie's not really concerned with that, is it? She, she probably just she she ends up just waking up later, and you know she's fine. But Freddie kills her eventually. But uh, no, but I you can't go without saying like the iconography with this movie though, like like Freddie himself. Like the shot in the bathtub, like the 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 floating uh, bedroom death, which is like one of the most famous uh, horror deaths in cinema. Yeah. So that like, freaked me out for sure. I Oh, I love when she's just getting tossed around the room and then she gets dragged up the wall. It's just, oh, it's again, what this film comes up with, with just its horror imagery is really, really inspiring stuff. I think it's great. Okay. Well, AFI does agree with you on yes. an iconography level. Yes.
0: Number 40 movie villain of all time, Freddy Krueger is.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with that.
0: So... Fine. Okay. I just think it's not for you. How about that? We we can agree on that. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Okay. The winner of Best Picture that year, a critical darling, Amadeus, directed by Milos Forman. Milos Forman. Come on. Chill out, dude. <laughs> Written by Peter Schaefer, who also wrote the screenplay. Yeah. Funny enough, it's such a coincidence. I'm watching Jeopardy last night. Amadeus was the answer on Final Jeopardy. Mm-hmm in the Broadway category. And that's when I learned, oh, Amadeus is based on a play. Yeah. Didn't know that. Just found out yesterday. Starring F. Murray Abraham, Tom Holche, Elizabeth Barrage, and Roy Detrice, the narrator of the Game of Thrones audiobooks. What? Yeah, Roy Detrice. That's what I know him from. Weird. Yeah. As I said winner of best picture best actor in a leading role best director best original I'm sorry best adapted screenplay best art direction best costume design and best sound oh and best makeup also nominated Tom Holche for best lead actor best cinematography and best film editing The Life <laughs> Success and Troubles of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart as told by Antonio Salieri the the contemporaneous composer who was insanely jealous of Mozart's talent and claimed to have murdered him that is the plot of Amadeus this is a movie that I nominated because it's a perfect movie
1: maybe yeah pretty much what are your thoughts uh I've only seen it once and I think it's a masterpiece Good. <laughs> but, yeah, it's great. Okay, it's great. Good. It's fantastic. There's not much really wrong with this film. It's I don't know, maybe a maybe like 10 minutes too long, but who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> it is a bit long.
0: Um this is one of those movies and I put it in the same category, dig this as a comparison, The Favorite.
1: Uh okay. They're
0: both period pieces. They both on the surface look like homework. Mm-hmm. But then you watch them and you're like, oh, no, this is actually a funny, entertaining, fast paced movie that just happens to be set in in like old times.
1: Uh, there's nothing edgy about Amadeus though at least not to me not at least not in respect to uh uh the the favorite though yeah the favorite is is I I agree with that where it's like you you think it's just gonna be a slog to get through and then it's just the the quirkiest like sharp kind of comedy yeah but uh uh, the favorite is much darker (laughs) and and much more cynical on its worldview than something like uh Amadeus which is weird because I think Amadeus is it's weird because it's like both bleak and optimistic at the same time with its ending in a weird way Explain what you mean by that. I mean, the movie is almost about uh, like, like being fine with the fact that you're not all that great.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. Well, the funny thing about the Celiari character is that he both resents Mozart and adores Mozart. Yes. Because he is a mediocre musician, but he loves music enough to understand that he is a mediocre musician. Yes right which is this interesting dichotomy i love that though yeah most people are bad at what they do because they lack self-awareness salieri does not lack self-awareness nope. although he's in an insane asylum mm-hmm. he understands exactly what his talent is because he knows
1: just enough about music to have the ear for good and bad yeah. it's just he's incapable of making it sure but he doesn't accept that for like Pretty much the entire film until the end where he's finally like, yeah, no, his his arc is just him accepting the fact that he is a mediocre musician. Right. And the only way he learns that is by meeting uh Mozart. Yeah. Like the greatest of all time. Definitely. Exactly. Right. Which, what a great way to do it, though. Like, what, a, <laughs> what let's, let's do a movie about a musician who understands the fact that he sucks by meeting Mozart. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, okay, which maybe you could criticize a little bit in the sense that it's like, okay, you compare anybody to him and he sucks. Oh, yeah. My my only like, like, maybe my only issue with the film where it's like, it's like, if you use someone who is a little more down to earth and reasonable, it's like, okay, maybe honestly, if you were to compare other people to like Salieri, then that could have been a a little more, a little more believable. But I think like literally everybody next to Mozart is a piece of shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but his character, though, Mozart's character is quirky. And offbeat and has a funny laugh mm-hmm. and has a drinking problem. Yeah. And the the important thing is that he's a genius and in in is world-renowned as such, mm-hmm. but doesn't really take his art that seriously. I know. Which is the important thing, too. Like, you have to acknowledge that part of genius is not acknowledging your own genius. And the
1: funny thing is, I think it's actually true. Yeah, I think a, you're, I think that's right. Well, that's a lot of like... It's it's true in real life. It's also true with Mozart. Yeah. Where it's like he'd never had a childhood. Right. So so he grows up as like this man-child thing.
0: Arrested development. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. How much
1: of this is actually based on real events and how much of it is fictionalized? That you? I'm not entirely sure of. Okay. I would imagine quite a bit of it is taking liberties, though. Yeah. But you can kind of... I With movies like this, you can always kind of feel that. Similar with The Favorite, where it is, I think, also based on... Like, quote-unquote, based on real events. But... Just the film's voice Something about that voice You're like There's there's no way That they're like Being 100% accurate With any of this Right But it's again One of those movies Where something about it Just kind of gets me I don't know Like hypnotized I don't really care About any of that stuff Because that's not really The point of the film It's not trying to tell Like a historically Accurate tale necessarily Yeah
0: um, I uh, I just find that whole Idea so interesting That you You can strive for greatness, and you can come so close to it, but there's that extra thing that you 'll always lack, mm-hmm. and that 's what keeps you from supremacy exactly you know it's sort of a similar theme to Inside Lewin Davis, yeah, which is a movie about Bob Dylan, but not about Bob Dylan mm-hmm. it's like Lewin Davis has everything that Bob Dylan has some pretty good folk songs, the right look, the right voice, the right attitude, essentially the same life. But there's that one little thing, and at the end of the movie, the Cohen brothers acknowledge this. This is why no one else is Bob Dylan. Why yep. everyone is Bob Dylan, but not everybody is really Bob Dylan. Yep. And this is a similar thing. Salieri spends time at the end of this movie, and it's such a phenomenal scene. He's transcribing Mozart's dictation. Yep. Mozart's just hearing the music in his head, <laughs> telling Salieri what to write, and Salieri is about to pawn this off as his own thing and as, as cl- he's getting so close to this genius he can literally touch it to the point yep. where he's writing it himself but he's still not there and, and that, that quest
1: is always going to be in vain because mozart is mozart and you are not and the best part about that scene is that it 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 almost like tells you that flat out because it ends with mozart dying it's right. like boom cut short before you actually know what you have exactly yep right which is um
0: man it's such, you're right it's such a cynical depressing idea but it's also a
1: poignant one well because the 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 the, the feeling that the movie ends on is again with salieri just being like it's okay yeah you're gonna be mediocre there's nothing you can do about it sometimes but you know that's just how it is i absolve you i absolve you yeah, yeah. although this film has one of my favorite lines ever to, and I, I use this point a lot like i do say we we sometimes say that movies are too long and then other other times i'm like no it's the perfect length mm-hmm. and so when i say this movie's like 10 minutes too long i really do mean like who gives a fuck yeah. it doesn't really matter to me like maybe i guess but you always come back to the notion like oh too many notes and I always use that quote when describing movies like it's too long for you (laughs) too many notes whatever (laughs) no there's that great line
0: where Salieri says to Mozart you challenge the royal ear
1: (laughs) you ask too much of the royal ear oh my (laughs) (laughs) Like, like Fuck you. <laughs> Could you imagine if that's how audiences actually were today? You right. asked, you're asking too much of me? We literally say we're too stupid yes. <laughs> to understand what's going on. Exactly right. It's great. But
0: Mozart doesn't feel that way. And that's what you appreciate about his character and what you love about his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm just... I, I was just in awe the first time I watched it. And I've seen it a few times. Mm-hmm. I was just in awe of how entertaining it was. Yeah. And how... Like um, how real these characters felt, and how sort of universal this theme is, oh yeah, you know this idea that you both love and hate
1: something, like obsession also equals hatred.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I love well, I love movies like this, too, where the universal theme like I don't like movies as much where the themes only feel like they, they represent like one year and then we forget about it. As mm-hmm. I have that issue with a lot of films that come out recently. It's like it's it's so of its time that it, it, it almost can't age well. Right. Whereas like this film is just tackling like someone was sitting down in a chair one day and like what's something that us human beings struggle with just on a on a on a fundamental level. And this is certainly one of those ideas. I love that. I love it when movies do that.
0: We just talked about the assassination of Jesse James Mm -hmm. by the coward Robert Ford. And this deals with a lot of similar themes. I agree. You know? F. Murray Abraham Saliari spends the entire time (laughs) torturing Mozart. Just making his life a (laughs) living hell. (laughs) It's great. Because he wants to be him. Yep. And you, you kind of can sympathize with that. Although you would never take it to that extreme. No. You understand the idea like when you're in high school... There's the attractive kid getting all the girls, mm-hmm. like the high school quarterback, and you so desperately want to be him, yep. and because you want to be him, you hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just taken to an extreme. And y- you can't, you don't know exactly why he's doing what he's doing,
1: but you get it. I don't consider him really much of a villain. You no, know, he... not really. He kind of is. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like, if you look at like general, uh, like, like, like the the rules of any narrative, he would probably be considered the villain, but. He's also kind of the protagonist. (laughs) Yeah. And he's your point of view character. yeah. yeah. And you feel so sorry for him in the end. And at least he he acknowledges the the fact that what he did was absurd and wrong. Right. So, yeah.
0: AFI puts it number 53 on their all-time movie list.
1: Maybe a little high.
0: You think? Maybe a little high. I think this movie's brilliant. Yes.
1: No, it's great. No, no, no. I don't want to take anything. I just, I mean, 50, um, maybe a little high.
0: Man, Milos Foreman did not make a lot of movies, but when he did, he made a splash. I know. Cuckoo's Nest, Amadeus, People versus Larry Flint. People vs.
1: Larry Flint. It's hair? So oh, he did do hair. Oh, God. That's right.
0: Man on the Moon. Yeah. Still, like, made some absolute classics. Just yes. died uh, last year, I right? I know. That was a bad one. Died in Danbury, Connecticut. How about that? Did he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Born in Czechoslovakia. <laughs> died Danbury, Connecticut.
1: Well, tough life. (laughs) Miloš. Where will I end up? Danbury, Connecticut. It's the same fate as you and I, probably. (laughs) Uh,
0: Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, man.
1: Love it. We'll be a contender for sure. Yep. I agree. All right. This is another nominee of mine. Yes. One that I didn't even realize came out this year, because if I did, I probably would have nominated it myself. Yeah. So you didn't do due diligence. I know. Yet again. What a coincidence. Paris, Texas. A movie that nobody has seen. No. Nobody, 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 nobody I has seen. I think just you and I. Yeah. We're the only people on this planet who have seen this movie, I think. Yeah. I'm okay with that, though. Yeah. Me too. Directed by
0: Vim Vendors. Is that yeah. how it's pronounced? Wim Wenders or Vim Vendors? I don't know.
1: I, I actually usually say Wim Wenders, but I don't fucking know. Written by Sam Shepard. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, he did write this. That's great. Yeah. Yeah,
0: The great playwright and actor starring Harry Dean Stanton and a bunch of other people. Dean Stockwell shows up. Mm -hmm. Travis Henderson, an aimless drifter who has been missing for four years, wanders out of the desert and must reconnect with society himself, his life and his family. Mm -hmm. Nominated for zero. um, Yeah. Zero Oscars. But nominated for a Golden Globe. Best foreign film. Because apparently this was a West German. Release. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe that's why no one saw it. Because it was a movie from Germany. Okay. However, I have seen this movie. I've seen this movie. Have you seen it more than once? No. Yeah, neither have I. No. Um, I forget whose recommendation I watched this on. Maybe I was just reading about it or something. Maybe I was going down a Harry Dean Stanton deep dive. I was gonna say, maybe you're watching Twin Peaks. Might have been. Yeah. Why? Yeah, because Harry Dean Stanton is not one of those like big names. However, he's in two of these
1: movies we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and uh this is just a gorgeous movie. Yeah. This is like one of those like films that you watch and you just describe it as a beautiful movie more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say it's like and that's not even—I mean—the cinematography is quite good, but um, again, it's not. It's tre- no, no, no. It's tremendous. Yeah. The cinematography is actually stunning. Yeah. But but it's but it even goes like I I almost forget the cinematography just because the characters and the themes and and the story itself is just so wonderful. Yeah. It is a beautiful movie. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's one of those like, you know, really tiny character studies that you've never heard of, and then you watch it and you're like, I want to spend way more time with this person, mm-hmm. and it's like long. It's a two and a half hour long movie. <laughs> And the thing is, these scenes drag out. Yeah. No, this is a slow burn kind of a film. It's a slow burn. Like, you expect a cut to happen, and it just never comes, or at least mm-hmm. it comes two minutes later. Mm-hmm. And it gives you, like, this dreamlike, trance-like quality Yeah, where you're sitting there, and you're just with this guy yep. wandering the desert, and your mind starts like, focusing on things that you shouldn't be focusing on, that's what a slow movie will do. Yeah. I, I feel this all the time when I watch David Lynch movies. I'm like, man, the story should really be picking up right now, and, like, the director should have the, the, uh, the good sense to cut, mm-hmm. but he's not. So I'm staring at something. What am I going to focus on? And I just find myself looking at the desert and looking at Harry Dean Stanley's <laughs> face and looking at the beautiful color palette and thinking about shit, That you wouldn't think about in a Fast and Furious movie. No. Or in Die Hard. No. You know? And so it's a hit or miss because sometimes you just get bored out of your mind. But there's enough here. It's a rich enough movie, both visually and Mm story-wise, for
1: you to... Just become entranced by it and that's what I was when I saw it. Oh my god You have to do that with movies like this. This is a like hold on your moments kind of a film Yeah, which is a phrase I say a lot the big big issue I have with a lot of contemporary filmmakers where I'm just like Why don't you just like stop cutting? Why don't we just look at something here that to to actually elicit a point (laughs) point. Or you know, to, or to say something that you couldn't have said otherwise, necessarily by by changing the shot. And this film is always doing that, especially in the beginning, where this guy is just stuck out in the desert and he seems like he's going nowhere or he doesn't know where he is or anything like that. And I just uh, this is like one of my favorite films about running away mm. or, or coming back to your issues, mm. and, you know, and 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 almost understanding that, uh, like you like you know you made mistakes. And, and you know there's things you have a responsibility towards Even though you don't necessarily know if you can do it if, Or if you're ready for it But that responsibility to, to go back and actually do something about it You know is more powerful than anything else You know and, So I'll give the it's, plot Synopsis in my own words I guess So this guy
0: Travis He doesn't know what his name is Is a mute for much of this movie
1: right? Well he like exiled himself to the desert Essentially Like was it after he had his kid? Yeah, I don't want to spoil the exact events, but there's a revelation
0: in the peep show mm. about what he did before he left, because I, I really want people to watch this movie and yeah. enjoy it themselves, so I won't I won't spoil it too much, but yes, he does something, he then goes away, forgets where he's from, who he is, doesn't talk for a lot of this movie, and then all of a sudden re-enters his family's life mm-hmm. in an interesting way and develops new relationships with his son and his ex-wife Mm-hmm. who has moved on to uh, a a
1: less respectable career let's say it's so sad some questionable career choices i think it's very relatable yeah i've i've i have known so many people who have like come in and out of my life like that and you don't know how to handle them always yeah you're not really sure what you should be doing or even even whether or not you should even take them in but you just kind of do it anyway and you try to like get them back on their feet and it's really awkward and confusing but again, it's another one of those movies where it's like your sense of responsibility just kind of takes over. Mm. Just what he learns to get to the point where he meets back up with his wife, though, and the final <laughs> the stories he's telling too. It's another one of those movies where you could just tell where Harry Dean Stanton was in love with it, because I think it's his favorite movie. Oh it must be. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's one of his only starring roles. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's that and one other movie that we're gonna talk about. Right. Yeah. Which is
0: not really his movie. Yeah. He's the top he's a, he's build. Top build yeah. yeah, but he's not really the star. No. Yeah. Um it's about starting over. Yeah. And is it possible to start over? Mm-hmm. Which is, funny enough, a theme from Mad Men. And I just <laughs> watched an episode that is directly about this.
1: About this? Like, well, uh,
0: not this movie, but this idea. Oh, okay. Can you truly leave your life behind and start anew despite whatever bad things you may or may not have done? Mm-hmm. And that's like a question. Can you run from your past or will the past always catch up from you? Do you even want to run from your past? And if you do run from your past... Are you the same person? Do you lose a part of yourself when you go away? Okay. Um, And I would say this movie lands on a
1: pretty optimistic place for the most part. It's not perfect. No. I mean, mean, it certainly says that you can, you know, make some things right. Yeah. But not necessarily that you belong in that place anymore. Right. Like, Like once you've burned a bridge, you've burned a bridge and it just can't get built again. Whereas like, but at the same time, there's still things that you can mend, like with with, with the people on the other side, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really powerful idea. It, again, though, it doesn't necessarily lead to Harry Dean Stanton's character being, uh, I don't know, his life is not completely put back together by the no. end of this.
0: No, But he faces his
1: demons yeah. head on. yeah,
0: And that's the important thing, I guess. Which I love. I love that in movies. Yeah. That peep show sequence,
1: I think there's a couple scenes set in that peep show, right? I think, I think no, he goes to her twice, doesn't he? I think he he either goes to the place and she's not there or whatever. I think she like where he's behind the glass. You mean? Yeah. I think it's all just one long scene. Okay, that's what I thought. Because it mean? lasts that's like Forever. a twenty-minute scene, isn't it? It goes on for so
0: long. It's at least 20, 30 minutes.
1: It's yeah, just him talking. I think uh, like like the uh, uh, YouTube channel that I love to watch called Cinefix Like, describe this as like the best like revelation scene ever maybe yeah like like, like characters finally because there's lots of movies where characters like uh, are estranged and then they come back to each other and they describe this as one of the most interesting and powerful examples of that especially because she doesn't even know it's him yet <laughs> right because she's he's behind this glass and he's talking to her and normally you would tell like the stripper to like you know take their clothes off and do whatever but he's just like no let's just talk right like it, how you doing? And they talk so long. Oh, it's
0: great. But it really is compelling and it's shocking. How compelled you are it's like you're sitting there have i been sitting here for a half hour watching this scene yeah it's like you check your watch but
1: you're still into it you don't like Mm -hmm. check your watch in a bad way i know you're shocked with how long they can keep up this ruse you're like leaning forward like jesus what is going on like it's so so many interesting things going on in that scene too yeah it's just it's just so beautiful and captivating and i just love i love the progression of it it's like it takes its time to get to the point where she kind of feels like wait a second is that travis right is that travis Mm. it's wonderful it's not a quick revelation at all he doesn't like break it out to her immediately i just love where this film goes and the fact that he doesn't actually tell her immediately Mm -hmm. it's oh god i don't know what it is about that though it's just like it's it makes you cry this movie is like really heartbreaking it's a beautiful film Mm. i hope we didn't spoil too much and you'll be able to watch it yourselves
0: i don't know if it's like streaming anywhere i should probably look this up for the people But, yeah, it's one of those hidden gems. If you like this podcast Mm -hmm. and you are into our sensibilities on film, this is one that you'll definitely love. Yes. So please do check it out. Even, like, a casual movie fan, I would recommend this, too. It is streaming
1: on, oh, of course, the Criterion channel. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those movies that I should own for on criterion i don't know why well, you don't, don't have it huh? i don't i i always like pass by i'm like i'll get it next time i'll get it next time that kind of thing dude just subscribe to the criterion thing no i don't i don't have all that other shit that i want <laughs> yes they do no they don't they have all the bonus features no they don't have everything I and they don't have just the the novelty of like watching it the way you can yeah it doesn't cost as much money i don't have to keep paying for it yeah, you just have to spend thirty dollars on one DVD one time. So what? I don't spend money on DVDs that often. <laughs> okay. Why is that so strange to you?
0: I mean, I don't know because I'm like alive in twenty nineteen. Oh, because maybe it's like that's a, why.
1: It's a what, what's
0: wrong with that? Maybe because like I'm a young man that grew up in the two thousands. What is your point? Well, like, I don't know. A good portion of my life has been spent watching the advancement of technology, and you've decided <laughs> to just spit in the face of that. Who
1: cares? I'm not spitting in the face. I'm not stopping you
0: guys. No, I'm not. I, it just it just kind of reeks of the vinyl heads.
1: Oh, my You're God. You're like one of those you people. You are so weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> your, your logic is so shitty. I'm just like, no, it's easier for me to watch them on this little box that I have. Okay, It's great. not easier. <laughs> yes, it is
0: you got to pull out the DVD. you got to make sure it wasn't scratched. Where am I going to watch? On my
1: computer? Get a smart stick. Get like a Roku. Well, again, no. It's such a fucking... You don't have a Roku? No, of course I don't. You don't have like a fire stick? No. How do you watch Netflix? I watch it on my Xbox. Oh, I'm sure Xbox has a Criterion app. No. It's a pain in the ass. I tried doing Spotify recently. Fuck Spotify what? In the ass I get so, I, I, oh, It's like I It's the worst I fucking hate it Guys
0: I, I This just, motherfucker I'm not kidding you I still
1: have my iPod
0: Dude this guy's got an iPod Nano in his yeah. car You go in his car And you're like Is this a time machine? Am I in 2005? What is happening? He has a little iPod Nano That he plugs into his aux cord Yeah And he like It's, it's either that Or I just listen to the
1: music On YouTube
0: and he just jams out to Nirvana. Never mind oh on his iPod Nano. God. I was just. It's just do I, you buy those songs? Uh,
1: no, not really. Are you on Napster still? Is Napster, Napster still a Jesus. thing? I sometimes I do buy the songs just because I like supporting the industry. <laughs> Same with the films too. How do you not have a Spotify? <sighs> I do. It's have, so cheap. I have it, but I was like, I was like, Jesus, like I can't, I can't listen to this song again. Wait a minute! You have a Spotify and you're choosing not to use it. I used it a uh, uh, like the other week, and I was just driving around, and the reception kept dropping out. I was like, "This sucks." So just you can download it. You know, it is downloaded. No, you can hit download,
0: and you can be offline, and you can listen to songs the same way you do with iTunes. What are you talking about? You can hit download, and the song will play even if you don't have data. Okay. No, it's not data. It's just like a bad area. No, I, as do you I, need internet? Or do you, you need internet to download it initially But but then it's there It's like a hard file
1: on your phone Oh my god I don't want to You can do all, that I don't want to collect all that shit on my phone
0: That's what you're doing now
1: I'm not though You're
0: buying shit
1: from iTunes I don't buy anything I, I buy it on my computer It's not on my phone though I don't have any like, collected data on my phone Just so I have more space for like pictures and shit it's a pain in the ass i couldn't listen to the song again and it was 23 it was an i've at least tried it i just do youtube's a lot better for me i prefer just like listening to a song on youtube but even then it'll just drop out it just it's like i can't and i'll i want to listen to the song over and over again you know and i just you are way too young to
0: like be the guy wagging his fist saying get off my lawn you're just you're just all these computers and shit all these young people i listen
1: to their streaming services did you do you have like like a three dollar version of that where it's like you have to pay a certain amount of like months for uh spotify because i have i like, pay monthly okay again fuck that <laughs> that sucks Dude, it saves money over time no, no you're much... still
0: paying for the music ultimately know, but do you know how much music i listen to i listen to i listen to more than 10 songs a month which is how much itunes would be charging me if i bought the album you, you well, did you always buy the album I mean, I when I in the glory days of iTunes, oh. I used to spend like twenty to thirty dollars on music a month. Oh, Let's well, see, there's a very I listen to the whole album
1: and I decide what I like and what I don't like. <laughs> I mean, I just bought a lot of songs. Okay, I so, listen to a lot of songs. Okay, that's a little different than you and me. I have because I have a lot of genres that I just completely disregard.
0: Now, are you one of those guys that listens to the same five albums though? And like, doesn't do you listen to new music? I guess is my question.
1: Mm, every once in a while, it depends. What do you talk like? What kind of new music? Well, like the okay well just music that comes out like in like the popular last few-
0: music? Well, any music. Uh Like I'll give you an example. The Rock Contours just came out with a new EP, The Jack White band, for the first time in like 8 years. Uh, and I'm like I must listen to this now. But back in the day I would have bought that thing on iTunes and it would have cost me 4 bucks. I probably I, pro- I haven't listened to it, but I would. Yeah. So now it's so it's there. Yeah. I just paid 10 dollars and now it's there.
1: Kanye put something out? I say I don't listen to Kanye. Well, I know you don't, but I'm just saying, bro. Yeah. I gotta I got have access to it. I think the issue is that most popular music is something that I just don't like. Yeah. Lil Nas X, Take My Horse to the Old Town Road. Fuck that song. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that song so much. It so, is It is the worst type of bad. Yes. It's the bad
0: that gets stuck in your head.
1: I'm gonna horse my horse to the Old Town Horse. I'm gonna horse till I can't no horse. I just sing that. I thought it was an SNL parody or something. No, it's just something I sing to say fuck you to the song. (laughs) Hate it. Hate it. Weird Adam Yankovic over here. Yeah, that's right. All right. (laughs) The
0: Terminator. Yeah. Written and directed by James Cameron. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton. Michael Bean. Mm-hmm. You know the Terminator. Yeah, it's the fucking Terminator. Come on, bro. A seemingly indestructible robot is sent from 2029 to 1984 to assassinate a young waitress whose unborn son will lead humanity in a war against sentinel machines, while a human soldier from the same war is sent to protect her at all costs. Um spawned many sequels. Mm. Some good, some bad. Most bad. Most Not bad. <laughs>
1: one good. Though I don't hate Salvation. Uh Salvation is That's the Christian the Christian Bale <laughs> one did not see. It it's not, it's hard to defend, but I don't hate it as much as I I honestly I rewatched it and I'm like, yeah, it's not that great, but I I I think it's better than 3. <laughs> I never got around to seeing Genesis. I didn't bother with that. Okay. I did not even bother. But they're doing it again. Yeah. Terminator Dark Fate directed by uh Tim Miller. Correct. The Deadpool guy, right? Yes,
0: correct. And coming out November 1st of this year, Linda Hamilton back uh, as yeah. Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. I'm also not sure what to feel about that. Yeah, I don't know. Let me ask you a question. Why do all of these
1: subtitles fucking suck? <laughs> Dark Fate? I don't know. Where did they get that one? Well, because they talk about fate in Terminator all the time, and they won't shut up about it, and it ruins the entire series. Genesis with a Y? Yep. Ugh. Here's the issue, and I mean, we'll get to the... well. I'll just say this now: go ahead. these movies should have stopped after two. Yes, and I don't just mean because the rest sucked. It's just because thematically, that's what the movies are all about. Yeah, there's nowhere to go. Yeah, the point of the movie ends at two, so the fact that you keep making more sequels completely like nullifies the other ones. For sure, it makes a makes a, ugh, it bothers the hell out of and me.
0: And they keep messing with the timeline.
1: Exactly. Oh my god, you it's can't. like just do a hard reboot. Then that's what they they Terminator Genesis. I know erases. Uh, All the previous Terminator films. Okay, and it was so poorly received that they just decided, yeah, fuck that movie. It doesn't exist. So we're gonna do it again. Yeah, it just really bothers me. I know. All right, so I understand. Like
0: Judgment Day is considered one of the great action movies of all time. I agree. It is one of the great action movies of all time. So everybody talks about that, and I love Judgment Day. Yeah, not get me me wrong. I just think this movie is better.
1: Better. High five.
0: (laughs) High five, dude.
1: It's one, of, it's one of those movies where I, I grew up. I was younger, and I thought Terminator Two was better. And then one day, I just sat down with the, the original Terminator, and I just realized like every this movie is like never misses a beat. It, you're so right. This movie is is like this is a perfect movie for me. Well, <laughs> Almost
0: perfect. Well, it's kind of short. It's shorter yeah. than Judgment Day, which is the key. So it's like a lot more succinct and compact. Oh God. And the story is so much simpler. Mm-hmm. First of all, I just like Arnold as the villain more than I do the hero. Oh, he's so good. But here's the thing, he's actually good as this
1: particular villain. Like really good. And
0: know? he's good in Judgment Day too. I like yeah. I, I he's very good in these movies. Obviously, he's... this is a career-defining performance. Oh, but
1: he's like terrifying in this. Like this movie like like is closer to a horror movie. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Especially that last sequence oh, where God. he gets
0: melted alive and he just keeps coming and coming and coming yeah. and coming. It's great. Yeah, it's just an awesome
1: work of of action and of horror, mm-hmm. and James Cameron just directs the living hell out of this movie, so like this is like this is one of those movies where it's like a director kind of comes into their own, it's like his jaws.
0: Let me ask you a question: Is this James Cameron's best movie?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh God, and I know
0: you'll have to wait till you see Avatar Three before you <sighs> oh, yeah. make a judgment that's, that's call
1: correct. on this. <laughs> hey, I like True Lies. I do too. Uh, I fucking, fucking love, love True, true Lies. lies. <laughs> uh, it's either honestly, it, it always comes down between this and Aliens. Yeah, it's, I think it's better. It's close though. This movie is is again. It's one of those movies that, it, like I always say, it's just on point. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple characters in Aliens that are slightly annoying. I love Alien. I can't. Ugh, that's hard. I really fucking love Aliens. I think this is better. And I think it's better than
0: Judgment Day. I think it's better than Titanic. I think it's better than Avatar.
1: It's not better than uh, Piranha 2, though. Oh, fair enough. The best James Cameron movie of all time. That was his first or second? First movie. That was his first. Got it. (laughs) Flying, Piranhas, why is this a thing? Mark it. We gotta do it. Is it good? no <laughs> <laughs> yeah but is there like glimpses of James no. Cameron in that? He, he, I love what he says I feel like I've said this before but he's like yeah it's not that good but hey I can definitively say that I've made the best flying piranha movie fair enough <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be back yep that's a
0: line in this movie yes people say that a lot so it's certainly iconic
1: and what follows is one of the most terrifying shootout sequences I've ever seen in film so good Ugh. i get i think it is better than
0: the uh the sequence in the prison or not the laboratory in terminator
1: 2 where oh the, the psych ward you mean yeah, yeah oh it's a lot better oh yeah. it's so much better which
0: is a great scene i love that shootout as well oh me too where the what's i'm sorry what is the name of the other robot is that the t1000 T- that's the t1000 yeah so obviously like that's a awesome uh sequence where he's going through the bars and everything
1: (laughs) like what that movie we'll we'll end up talking about terminator 2 but like that like both movies are sort of revolutionary for their look and their style and uh i mean maybe less so this movie i would actually say terminator 2 is um is uh is a little more revolutionary in that way because this borrows heavily from blade runner okay but um uh but again this is like another one of those movies that like it started out as this little thing but for some reason people just responded to it so well mm-hmm. and it's just it's just so much fun oh God. it's so much fun but like the character beats i i feel are so much more poignant in this one there's something like really like again it's just like an it's a <sighs> Like usually in movies, like there does, there's there's a level of authenticity with the performances in this that is not quite there in Terminator Two, and maybe that's Edward Furlong's performance in Terminator Two. Yeah, he plays young John Connor. Uh-huh. He's just he's it, a little annoying. Yeah. I remember him being a little annoying. He's coming into puberty. His his voice is always cracking, and it just yeah. it's distracting. And Linda Hamilton is just. She's sometimes really great and then sometimes way way too far. Right? Yeah, like just like what are you doing? Like no one She's one's- no Sigourney Weaver. No. Not even close. That's I think the problem. She's not like the badass action hero. We got to talk about Sigourney Weaver in Aliens too. Of oh,
0: course. God, she's, so- mm. she's awesome in that. Yeah. The thing about this movie is it sort of doubles as a lovers on the run story. Kind of, yeah. Because you have the stuff with Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese. Yeah. Um and I I love their chemistry. Mm-hmm. I I love spending time with those people and I think that's what I get out of this movie that I don't get out of Terminator 2, which is more of just like a flashy action movie with some cool special effects. Mm-hmm. This one spends a lot of time with those characters. Like oh, you yeah. they have that scene with in the motel room where they uh you know eventually make the the uh, the, the, baby. the baby. In the words of Jeremy Renner, they make a baby. They make a baby that ends up sending his father back in time to make
1: him which obviously the time travel logic on that is a little wonky but you forgive it because the movie forgives it it's not about time travel right that is not again this movie does not make a point that this movie is all about time travel like you said it's just about these characters trying to survive right and what what we get out of that like what again like you just said with the lovers on the run story like how this movie blends genres together Mm -hmm. it's not specifically one thing i mean it's considered one of the greatest science uh, fiction films ever made and it certainly is that yeah no question but i think you're selling it short if you just consider like a fun sci-fi film it's not just that at all could not agree with you more yeah and Arnold. What is there to say about Arnold? No, I actually think he's great. Yeah, I actually think he's like phenomenal in this role. He's un—he's incredible. Yeah, so
0: he's playing a robot. He's playing like a killer robot, and the guy in real life is basically a killer robot. <laughs> so it works on that level, but I—I I could never see anyone else in this role. Nope. Which is why it's so funny that Christian Bale did a remake, because it's like, yeah, w- w- what. Well, Christian
1: Bale did not play the Terminator. Yeah, he plays John Connor, right? But... <laughs> Am I right? John Connor, Yeah, right? he plays John Connor. Okay. But, but, they, but Arnold is not really in that movie. They have his likeness, like a CGI likeness, you know, when they take a face and they put it on. Oh, but a- it's actually Arnold's face? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah.
0: But... Listen, they're going to keep rebooting this movie until the end of time. Like, mm. just get ready for it. Same thing that they're going to do with Ghostbusters. It's like every three years, they're going to take another stab at Ghostbusters, you know. and it's going to suck, and
1: they're going to try it again. You know, LeBron James is going to keep making Friday the 13th movies. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Mm. So, it, listen,
0: just accept it. It's never going to end. Man,
1: I can't see another person in this role. No. You just can't. It, I. It's actually fun to study him in this movie like it's and compare him to other films. Like, I always... I always uh, put the notion out that Arnold is a much better actor than you think if he's not talking. Yeah. He is a wonderful physical performer. Of course. It's like, like what, what you could just learn just by watching his face and how he understands certain facial expressions. It's just, I think it's actually like kind of great. At he's times. a performer. Yeah. He's Excellent in the in this in that way, like he, the fact that he doesn't need to deliver all this dialogue, and even the fact that the dialogue does not necessarily need to feel natural because of who he is playing. Right. Well, it, that helps a lot. Yes. It will. F-
0: yeah. You can forgive the weird accent. Mm-hmm. You can't necessarily forgive the weird accent in Kindergarten Cop. No. You know, in True Lies, like you just have to go with it mm-hmm. there. Although he's not that in True Lies. I like him in True Lies. Yeah, yeah, he's too. pretty good. Yeah, I do. 100. Now I am hundred percent with you that Arnold is an underrated actor in that way. Yes you know and in this you're 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 100% right he is a uh, terrific michael bean is awesome in it yeah michael bean's one of those actors too that's been around for a
1: while <sighs> never got a lead role he's kind of a black sheep though yeah yeah i mean he he's he had a lot of like like kind of tough run-ins with hollywood he had a lot of drug issues and whatnot yeah and i re- i distinctly remember uh, james Cameron trying to like petition him to get the oscar for the abyss which he's quite good in really yeah i mean he is really good in the abyss but I just remember, like, like people, like, like, like people, like you and I and other directors, like trying to really stand up for this guy, but he was always kind of his own worst enemy. Yeah, yeah. But That's he's cool. like again, he, yeah, he, he, he's, he's always kind of proving himself. Whenever he shows up, he's like really good, especially in something like Aliens as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but in this, he's like he like really shines because he's given a lot more to work with.
0: Number forty-two on AFI's one hundred Thrills list of America's most heart-pounding films. Mm. Number twenty-two. Villain of all time is the Terminator and number 37 on the all time movie quote list. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. I'm so happy that we agree on this. It oh, is this. better than
1: Terminator 2. Yeah. No, I, I, it's another one of those like alien moments for me. Because when I was growing up, I was always debating back and forth, like, is alien better? Is aliens better? And I kind of— See, that was never even close. Yeah, for me—well, th- did I see aliens? I saw aliens at an earlier age than you did, though. Yeah. I and, but I got to—I think I got to, like, high school, and I'm like, it's it's alien yeah it was similar with this though but for a longer time i thought that terminator 2 was better and then like i said just one day i just sat down and i watched the terminator again because i like didn't see it for years and I was like oh god yeah it's better it is better there's just something about it some it's just it's efficiency it's look it's you know uh james cameron's direction the perf- oh, the authenticity to the performances everything i just love these people i love arnold the action is phenomenal it's scary uh and it yeah. feels real yeah like the second one feels like a fever dream and yeah. that's not a bad thing that's the intention yeah but it also like that movie was given more more of a budget to work with so yeah have a little bit more fun but that t- two is an example is like okay that was crazy stop don't go any crazier otherwise you're you're just gonna ruin everything and that's sure. exactly what they end up doing with three four and five so. yeah okay that's the Terminator. It's also like one of the more like influential films. I also have to mention this for like for filmmakers. Like it, this is maybe one of the most important films for like m- contemporary filmmakers. It's, a, it's so funny how I, like, I go across like lists of filmmakers and like what's their favorite movies like of our like new generation. It's like Terminator is on like every single list. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. There it is. David Fincher's one of his all-time favorite movies. Ha ha. We got to make a drinking game every time you bring up David Fincher. I have, oh, no, I did not bring up, well, did I bring up David Fincher last time? Of course you did. Oh, it was 1999. So you I, bring him up every so I, week. So I, so I definitely did. <laughs> every week you bring up that guy. Yep. Okay.
0: All right. Finally, Repo Man. Written and directed by Alex Cox, mm-hmm. who did nothing of note other than Sid and Nancy. Which he was given like two years after this. Yes. And then ever since then, complete shit. Yep. Starring the aforementioned Harry Dean Stanton and Emilio Estevez, Mm -hmm. a darling of the 80s. Yep. Young Puck. Young Puck. Young Punk Otto becomes a repo man after helping to steal a car and stumbles into a world of wackiness as a result. If that ain't the understatement of the fucking century, (laughs) I don't know what is keep going
1: (laughs) nominated for uh no oscars obviously a cult film nope widely considered one of the best films of 1984 and amongst its cult it's like one of the more beloved films this film was recommended to me by my uncle it's one of his favorite films he lives in la and his words is like i don't know if there's another film that best represents what it's like to be in la at a certain point in time than Repo Man ever did. I think
0: Magnolia does a little better, in my opinion.
1: Have you ever lived in LA? No, of course not. (laughs) He's like, you want the best LA film, Adam? Watch Repo Man. I'm like, okay. No kidding. And I was like, okay, interesting. (laughs) When I finally saw it.
0: (laughs) Does this movie have anything to do with Repo Men? No. Well,
1: what do you mean? Oh, the... The The movie. The Jude Jude Law movie. No, of course it doesn't. It doesn't has nothing to do with those movies. Nothing, 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 nothing. Have you seen that movie? No, I just it's, assumed it was a reboot. No, it's of course it's not a reboot. They're taking people's organs, and it's all about like like fighting some corporation who are building like robots and shit. And it's ah that movie sucks. Miguel Shapotnik directed that. The movie, oh, that movie's fucking awful.
0: The guy that did all the Game of Thrones episodes. Oh, that movie's such bullshit. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker, Jude Law. No, I assumed they were the same franchise nope okay this is just totally out of left field yep. okay um watch it for the first time last night <laughs> i
1: had no idea how you were gonna take this one well uh allow me to illuminate you what's this movie about this movie is about well, what do you mean like thematically or just like... everything no this movie is about a kid who is asked to do a horrible job <laughs> And uh, the entire movie is just him uh, trying to make this work for him in in all sorts of ways possible. All sorts of terrible ways and ultimately saying, fuck the job in a very strange ending. So there are aliens in this movie. Maybe. I'm pretty sure
0: there's aliens. No, maybe. Well, there's at least a magical force that's evaporating people. Yes. We don't know if they're aliens or not, but there's something in a trunk that's killing people. We have no idea what it is. Okay, fine um i did not like this movie <laughs> i did not care for it whatsoever okay I, I just and the fact that this is on the list Ooh. with nightmare on elm street over the karate kid it continues to boggle oh, the it's mind. so much better than i actually kid. would have preferred you nominated ghostbusters just because wow. I, I would have respected you a little more Damn. i would have respected you because at least like you're doing it for the the sanctity of
1: this podcast <laughs> I would have respected it. I wouldn't have
0: liked it. I would have respected it. Oh, this
1: movie's so much better than both of those movies. It's not even close.
0: All right. It's a commentary on consumerism. Yeah. I get it. It's a fuck you to society movie. It's about a punk. The, the the main character, Emilio Estevez, is a punk. He spends a lot of time at like punk bars and concerts, and there's like a scene where they're all moshing outside like a garage. And he's got this weird earring on, and... Not my movie. Again, not my type of movie. It's no. just not my sensibility. I was not this kid growing up. I can't relate to this kid. I know you probably were this kid. I wasn't.
1: <laughs> no, I wasn't quite this kid. Yeah.
0: It's just a little
1: on the nose with its commentary. I don't think it is. <laughs> like I, You could you could say that that's what the... I think the, the ultimate point that the movie ends on is a little... It's a little sweeter than that. Than just being like, fuck you, society. It's like, it doesn't quite... It, it dances around that, but I, it almost criticizes it in a lot of ways to me. Dude, the scene where the parents are watching the
0: oh, televangelist, <laughs> and they donate all their life savings to this guy, and they're just
1: sitting on the couch in a hypnotic trance. Mm-hmm.
0: Come on, bro.
1: I just take it all as one big movie as pe- a bunch of people who don't know how to be happy, which is what okay. I, I love so much about this film. And like ultimately, what the film says about what it takes to kind of be happy You know, especially with Harry Dean Stanton's character at the end. I mean, the whole movie is about people like clutching onto anything that they can get. I mean, whether it's their job or whether it's people they're in love with or, you know, so-called in love with or just people trying to, you know, accomplish some big conspiracy, whatever. (coughs) And how it it pretty much like 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 the the fervorance of all these people to do whatever job they have or whatever society says that they should do, how it just constantly just fails fails them and fails them and fails them. And that the ultimate message of the film is that you kind of have to separate separate yourself from all of that and just kind of go go maybe not necessarily go rogue but just try to i don't know well it's it, it's hard to explain trail your own path i i guess it's, blaze your own trail I blaze your own trail but it's it, it's it's like much deeper than that it's it almost transcends all that kind of shit it's just like it's almost like forget about all that you know just kind of go about yourself and just live you know even if that means you know uh like getting in a flying car <laughs> there's something for me at least there's something to be said about the fact that everyone ends up kind of being fucked in the end aside from that like janitor character who's the only one who has has seems to have any idea of what's really going on or has seems to have any idea of like what's what what his surroundings are really all about the fact that he doesn't really care about like the way he looks or what he talks about or anything like that he just kind of is he can most clearly see the truth in front of him is that the idea i mean he's the only one that really believes in the aliens Kinda. Of. Well, I don't even know if he believes in the aliens in us. He doesn't say that he's, I think he says so much, does he not? I, no, I don't think he does. I think he, he he mentions it, but he doesn't say that they're aliens, I think. Well he's when he when he's talking by the trash can. Yeah. He he says that they're like time travelers. Right. So he's he's crazy and even Otto is like <laughs> you smoke a lot of acid or like <laughs> take a lot of acid in your time. Right. And he, he he says the line, the more you drive, the less intelligent you are. I love that line why i fucking love 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 that line why i think it has a lot to say about like how we interact with everything around us even just like like watching too much tv or what or whatnot the fact that we are sort of sort of hunkered down by our own devices and like again like what, what how does that help you beyond like just like walking from place to place aside from the fact that it's more convenient but for your mental state does that really make you any like better yeah, this know. to
0: me sounds like a bunch of hippie punk bullshit.
1: <laughs> I mean, th- that's just how I take it. No, I love. Oh, I love that line. Uh, okay, or just they're <laughs> just the, the 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 double entendre with the more you drive, the less intelligent you are. It's like okay, maybe <sighs> could be right. You're sort of out of touch, and I agree with that. I'm not going to say I'm going to stop driving in both terms, but, <laughs> but I but I at least admire that idea because it does make you think. Not an eco movie. No.
0: Not an eco movie. No. Don't like the style. Don't like the weird musical choices. I knew right away when, like, the first scene of the movie is the cop getting eviscerated by the trunk. (laughs) By the way, you mentioned that this might have been a Why Is This a Thing movie. It's definitely a Why Is This a Thing movie. I told you. Yeah, definitely. We we would have been better off just talking about it on that podcast and scrapping it on here and just nominating the Karate Kid. Yeah, Yeah, you wish. Yeah. Uh, (sighs) Yeah. I knew right away it's just
1: it's the effects are janky ridiculous not even janky it's just cartoonishly (laughs) bad it's fine it's like right off of a punk album though which I love.
0: Yeah, exactly right. The characters, like, Amelia Westavez, is so annoying. I just find his character to be annoying. <laughs> no, I love his I character. I just find him to be such, like, a shallow bad boy. <laughs> well, I, he's an
1: idiot. He's, he's like, the, he, he wants to be a bad boy, but he's not good right. at it. Right. He's a fucking idiot. He's a loser. Yeah, he's a loser
0: tool. Yeah. That's what he is. Yeah. it's So I didn't find anything relatable about him or his worldview whatsoever. I just found him to be annoying. And so you when, personally don't relate to him but there's plenty of people like exactly like this guy. I'm sure it's like the dude doesn't smile. It's like he has an <laughs> earring and he doesn't smile. It's like two things I hate about people. Mm-hmm.
1: Those that don't smile and those that wear jewelry on only one ear. You're not necessarily I think I mean he, I think the character itself is just kind of charming. But you're not necessarily supposed to think that he is like like well to do or anything. He's not in a good place in his life. Yeah. Like especially in the scene where he's talking with his parents and he's like, "Yeah, I need money." Like now right. give, me, give me money It's like oh yeah This guy's a piece of shit Right
0: I do like Harry Dean Stanton And I am actually I'm more interested In that underground world Than I am everything else Going on mm-hmm. I think the, Maybe part of the problem Is that the movie Spends way too much time On the aliens And sci-fi aspects What
1: did you expect Before going into this movie Did you think It was going to be about uh, <laughs> Repo men I had no idea What this movie was about I really <laughs> didn't I thought like I saw the poster
0: Oh, it's... I thought maybe He was playing a cop Or something mm-hmm. And then you told me, no, these two characters play Repo Men. So I'm like, all right, but I know it's weird. Had no idea there was a sci-fi element. But again, I just found that stuff to be very annoying and very dated. It was so 80s, all of this just random genre stuff. It just felt very of a different time. Mm -hmm. Those, those uh, the trio of bandits that go around just robbing convenience stores, like,
1: I think I was meant to laugh more than I actually did. And here's the thing, it's like I think this is the biggest difference between you and I. I think this movie's hilarious. I didn't find it that funny. Oh, I think it's so fucking funny. Like it's this
0: running <laughs> gag where these bandits, they rob a bunch of convenience stores, and then Harry Dean Stanton and <laughs> Emilia Estevez show up like like ten seconds later. <laughs> I love that. Completely unaware of just what went down. And I just found that all distracting. I was way more interested in this in this collection of thieves. Mm-hmm. That was doing this job that no one else really wanted to do. I love the scene where Harry Dean Stanton is showing them the ropes, showing yeah. Emilio oh, the yeah. ropes, like Training Day style, yeah.
1: where he's like, I don't know, a single repo <laughs> man that doesn't do speed. <laughs> yeah, and they snort cocaine right there on the spot. People spend their lives getting out of tense situations. Repo man spends his life getting into tense situations. Right. Love that. I stuff. dug that shit. Like I dug like
0: the the daily grind of repossessing cars. Mm-hmm. And all of those characters, those weird idiosyncratic characters. So you just wanted a movie about people repossessing cars, essentially. I think, honestly, if you take out all the sci-fi elements, I like this movie a lot more. Okay. I do. I think if you take out everything weird about it, I would have dug it. <laughs> I think that's my point. I just want... I Because I really... I was endeared by those people. And I... I, I, I guess I guess I sort of... I enjoyed the mundane aspects. Because what you're describing... The movie that you're describing on a thematic level
1: is about the sort of the pointlessness of, mm-hmm. of the daily grind of life. Of everything. Almost, yeah. almost everything. It's almost kind of nihilistic in that way, mm. which I don't usually like. But this movie adds such like a touching spin on it that I, right. that I just can't help but fall in love with it.
0: So like just make that movie. I I just want to I want to see that movie. I don't need the fantastical elements Mm -hmm. because I'm not really sure what they mean in the grand scheme of things. I'm sure there's a reason for them. I'm sure thematically all of those genre elements are in there
1: and they exist for a reason. But I don't it doesn't matter to me. It's just well made a lot. It's 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 it's, fun to to me. It's very well made. Yeah. it's, It's well made a ton of fun. Uh, And like I said, like a lot of things that a lot of things that carry me through this and it's just the tone of the film, like a lot of those crazy things that that happen. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't oddly, it does not surprise me that this man was just vaporized. (laughs) almost immediately there's something about that line when he pulls him over and he asks what have you got in the trunk for no reason right at all it's just to further the plot (laughs) and it's and i don't know why it it makes me laugh every time where he's just like oh you don't want to look in there (laughs) it's just so funny to me and i don't know why it's funny it just works and there's so much of that in that film all right well you appreciate the filmmaking a lot more
0: i'm not into the whole steampunk
1: well it's not I mean, It's not, no, it's not, not really Steampunk, not, but,
0: It's just punk Yeah that, just, I don't know, you know that. You know, not that, my sense of but I had the same problem With Brazil I just didn't like The style The style just felt Very distant to me I couldn't sink my teeth Into that movie
1: It just its well, I mean this is a Gritty and just Dirty movies too Right it's, not, it's like kind of A nasty Like you almost Want to take a shower After you watch it Kind of a film entirely and it's just like again it's the, the the comedy is like very very offbeat and it's strange and it's also some, some at times kind of mean-spirited but like again i just love cynical humor like that i would also not recommend watching it at one no. thirty 30 a.m which i was like jesus you
0: which i did Tell me <laughs> and i'll admit i didn't like fall asleep but my eyes closed a couple times and uh opened it back up and i'm like wait a minute there are aliens in this movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> where there's not again like maybe there's aliens maybe there's not this movie pulls a lot from the from the frustrations with the reagan administration and they directly cite that multiple times in the yeah, movie, yeah. which is always interesting to me because alex cox is uh british so it's like what do you care man yeah who fucking cares yeah it just doesn't doesn't speak to me i don't know it speaks to some it
0: doesn't speak to me lots
1: of people like again Frequently cited as one of the best movies of this year, which is always interesting to me when I watch it because I again It's like the type of film that I would consider one of the best of the year But I I don't think like many many critics would but for some reason they loved it I understand. Yeah, okay. I get it. Shall we make a decision? Yes, okay
0: I am going to take the liberty of crossing out repo man Mm. Paris, Texas and a nightmare on Elm Street That's sad. Do you agree with all those choices?
1: Paris, Texas is so good well, no one
0: has seen Paris, Texas, so that's a problem. Uh very few have seen Repo Man, that's a problem. More people have seen Repo Man, which I is guess. so funny to me. And Nightmare on Elm Street
1: is Nightmare on Elm Street, so I think What does that mean? What you, do you mean by, you by that? You know what I mean. Yeah, you fucker. Okay. I would I would I would almost put it a it's close with Spinal Tap. Hmm. So, let me put it this way. And then I'll let you
0: interject. Um I know where you're going to go. However, I think the Academy got it 100% right this year. It's one of the few choices that I thought, yeah, that's that's the right one. Amadeus is the best movie that came out this year. Okay. Okay. Um, The Terminator, I think, goes without saying, is the most iconic, has the fondest legacy, has spawned the most reboots and sequels. People still reference it. It made Arnold Schwarzenegger into the man we now know him today. Yep. It's done the most for cinema. Yeah. So it's there. And Spinal Tap created a subgenre, mockumentary, and like I I do not want to understand how significant. Oh God, that is. no, no,
1: no! It's very, very, important. it's really, really, really important a movie. That again, it's very important. It's one that everyone who has seen it kind of loves it, mm. and yeah, it's it, it's another movie that I think a lot of people don't necessarily know about. Like no one knows that this is the one that kind of started it all. It's still a very popular movie yeah. in
0: in film circles, yeah. and you know I think a lot of the time we we give uh the casual movie goer too little credit you know it's like if people saw spinal tap like if like our friends that don't watch movies saw spinal tap they would love it too yeah. so it's not just like a niche cult classic mm-hmm. you know um if i if you put a gun to my head i was thinking about this last night gun to my head i would feel best about putting spinal tap in just because I think it's the best combination of all three, okay, in terms of impact, quality, legacy. And I know you're going to make the argument for Terminator, and I I understand why that might be the obvious choice, but I I I, I don't know. I just think that one had the, the biggest impact, and I couldn't make the argument
1: it's one of the best movies here for what it's trying to accomplish. Well, first of all, Terminator's a better movie. Maybe. Uh, no. maybe no maybe shut up terminators the better movie <laughs> uh uh as far as impact again like you you y- you talk about this stuff and you talk about like like the influence on the industry and this is a movie that sort of defines other movies to come and more movies that we're gonna nominate yeah it doesn't really do that if we did a television uh segment then we could probably Talk about Spinal tab. Yeah, but don't you consider that filmmaking? Isn't
0: that, like, impact on filmmaking? This is
1: the movie Hall of Fame, motherfucker Yeah, but we're talking impact I don't care it's So the it, movie it, Hall it of imp- Fame It impacted other things Sure I don't know if people It, it certainly impacted, uh people's necessity for it in in more of a business perspective though yeah i don't know if like terminator like like again is another one of those movies that like helped birth a whole generation of filmmakers Hmm. and like really like like blew the industry away and it was it's a movie that kind of crawled from the depths should not be where it is today it's not a movie that should be anywhere near as good as it actually is you know it's a it's a small budget film that feels like it could have been like this massive thing and you know it's just it's just because of the sheer prowess of people on hand who are making the thing that made it something else, and the fact that it's as big as it is sort of astounding, you know I think the movie is like 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 a miracle like you just don't like it's it's again like you think about the movie where it's like a guy who was sent back in time who is and um who is meant to save this woman from another robot or just a robot who is sent back to time and to kill her like this is something that if it had come out. I don't know five years ago people would have been like this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard you can't market this thing But it just like blew up (laughs) And it's the fact that it's still going today. I mean again. Yeah things like that. We get out of spinal tap They're still going today. I don't know if they're necessarily as revered as they are with the Terminator I guess maybe part of my apprehension is
0: that I'm worried that we
1: keep putting in the same movie every time. (laughs) What are you talking about? You know what I mean? What did we put in last time? We put in The Insider last time. Fair enough.
0: I'm just worried that every year we're just putting the most popular in, and we're not really, uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I just think if you look back at the list, it's just, oh, that's the most popular movie, so we're just putting it in.
1: <laughs> but, and I feel like the idea of this is that popularity matters, but like... We didn't put Fight Club in last time. We completely said, no, Fight Club's not getting in. We put in the fucking Matrix. So but, Yeah. How popular is the Matrix? But that's a movie that's bigger than just a movie. When we, when we look at movies that are bigger than just movies, like Toy Story, it's like, yeah, okay. Right. We feel- and you feel like this is another one of those obvious decisions. It's like, it's like, it's a Jaws. It really honestly is a Jaws for me. I don't know if it's nearly as good as Jaws, but in terms of like impact, it's pretty close. I guess that's the only thing that I'm worried about. Yeah. Is that we just keep putting in, like,
0: here's the big blockbuster that's been rebooted for the next 30 years (laughs) and we're done, as opposed to like, okay, you know, honoring film history. Yes. Right? We're honoring film now. You can make the argument that still on a
1: filmic level, on a cinematic level, Terminator should still be the choice. I think for, for film history period, it honestly, and here's the thing, we didn't nominate the most popular film of this year. Yeah, it's Ghostbusters. It just is.
0: Okay. And
1: you are uh, not on board for Amadeus whatsoever. I love Amadeus. You could make the argument that it's better than Terminator. Who knows? Maybe it is better than Terminator. Uh, I, but again, like like what? Amadeus? In the movie Hall of Fame, mm. I don't know. It doesn't fit. Okay. So I sense you are not wavering whatsoever. I, dude, it's Terminator. It's fucking Terminator. We don't have to nomin- We don't have to put in Terminator Two if it comes down to that. But it, this this movie is just like it's it's just bigger than that to me. It's more important than that. You know. All right, you get your wish. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> it's it's just. It's,
0: Congrats to uh, James Cameron <laughs> for your first induction into the movie Hall of Fame.
1: Maybe your only? Aliens, uh, Aliens would be close. What came out in 86? Uh, wow. Aliens is, is the only other one I would consider, and then maybe Terminator 2. But I think there were better films that came out in 1991, though. I'm not sure. I don't think. Wait a minute. Titanic's not going to be talked about? Oh, it's going to be talked about. That's going to be... Oh! Ooh. We're not going to put Titanic in? That's going to... Well, guess what came out in 97? Uh Don't don't look it up. 97 would have been... It's the Year of Starship Troopers and one other. <laughs> we're not
0: putting Starship Troopers in.
1: Starship Troopers is the best film ever made. What are you talking about? Is it a Cohen movie? Nope. Now Lebowski was 98, right? Yep. And then Fargo was 96? You were going to lose your... Because here's the thing. I think by our category... You'll like this, actually, because I think by our category listings, Titanic should be the film that gets in. However, there is another film that came out that we just can't let. Oh, oh, okay. the face off. No. <laughs> no, actually, it's not. Oh, shit! <laughs> Did you see
0: it? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, that's a good year. Yeah. Oh. You want to okay. do 97? Yeah, we'll do that pretty soon. Okay. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yep. Okay, yeah, that's Boogie Nights. Yep. (laughs) I told you. I was like, wait, (laughs) face-off? No. (laughs) Are we even
1: going to nominate? We we don't have to nominate (laughs) face-off.
0: Pretty good year, 97, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Turns out the 90s had some good movies. Yeah, not bad. Okay. Um, So, here's what we're going to do. Congratulations. Terminator is in the Movie Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Next week, we are taking
1: a break and... um, doing some recent movies yes hopefully. we're gonna try uh yeah i will uh, be seeing a, a a recent film tomorrow okay by the name of uh uh incredibles 3 okay it's gonna be great inside out 2 mm-hmm. i can't wait cars it's, 4 oh car 4 is the best man yeah. yeah toy story 4 you are seeing
0: yes i will try my best mm-hmm. yeah i'll go i, I will see it yeah when are we recording maybe tuesday wednesday actually i can't do tuesday so yeah wednesday Can't do tuesday can't i have to go to court we'll talk off air okay we'll figure it out um yeah toy story 4 and then we're gonna do our absolute best to see midsummer
1: <laughs> i'm no I, i'm seeing Midsummer. well let, we'll see it together
0: okay maybe okay. we'll just go and then we'll do a podcast right after what do you think maybe
1: isn't that what we did with hereditary yeah okay jabril messaged us and he's like please tell me you've seen midsummer yet and i'm like i'm trying to get nico to go but he's like dude <laughs> don't let me down and jabril will be
0: on for our once upon a time in hollywood podcast, is he gonna- right i think right I- I- i'm just
1: saying the running gag of the podcast is we never get jabril on <laughs> no but- <laughs> he'll be on
0: he'll Jab- be on for that we
1: want you on quite badly jabril just for some reason we can't do it we
0: promise we're gonna do once upon a time in hollywood <laughs> by the way there was a Tarantino pod I just started listening to it. Tarantino was on this podcast for his what's what's the the movie theater that he runs in LA? Uh oh shoot, what's it called? The Tarantino shoot, hold on. Uh the uh ah. What's the name of the movie theater that Tarantino programs? Do you know it?
1: No, I don't. Because I know what you're talking
0: about. The New Beverly, New Beverly Cinema. Okay, Okay. so he was on the New Beverly podcast, and he talked about this movie, his upcoming movie, for two and a half hours. I only listened to like a half hour of it, and it's amazing. And I would recommend. He talked about it. Yeah, he like talked about his inspiration and like the characters and where he got like their backstory from. He talks with such passion for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I am so amped up for Me this, <laughs>
1: and I would recommend listening to this podcast because it'll get you in the right mood for it. I know. I, this better not be like us, where it's like I was so fucking ready for that movie, and then it's just like, eh. Yeah, this movie is going to dominate my August. It's just going to be everything. <laughs> so I cannot wait for
0: that. So yeah, we will hopefully do Toy Story 4, midsummer, and maybe I'll I'll
1: sneak in Spider-Man. I don't know. We'll see. I just don't want... I am I just want to be done with Marvel movies. I just, can I be done with Marvel movies? But there's a multiverse, Adam. <laughs> the multiverse is real. <laughs> you are at some Adam Hall on
0: Twitter. I am yeah. at funny Nico tweets. Go to the website, too many thoughts, media.com or TMT. Media for all of our podcasts, including the fantasy book of the month and get blurted mm-hmm. both new additions to the site this week, TMT. Media or too many thoughts, media.com. Love you all so very, very much. And until next time. Uh, oh. Yeah, fuck it. I'll be back. I know, just say it, dude. <laughs> I'll be back? Not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs>